Welcome, everybody. This is Pimpy Weekly, episode 189, isn't it? Is it? I guess it is. It is. Um, and uh, today is 25th of November. We're recording this few day, uh, one day, one business day earlier than typically, because typically we record on Monday, but we're recording now on Friday because next week is the ESPC, so the European SharePoint Office 365 National Conference in Copenhagen. So that's uh, Monday is the workshop day, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the actual conference. Now, if we all be there, I will be there. Say hi as we're walking around on the streets. Uh, Waldek, you will not be there, unfortunately. I will not be there. You will be there. I will, I will be here. Yeah, we'll take. Well, that's how so we that split If you're not scale. there, if you're here, say hi. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. In the PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest Microsoft 365. <laughs> we we also have a visitor uh, on the weekly show as well. This time it was Pret Lundstein, uh, uh, and Pret works in the Lightning Tools, uh, UK-based uh, ISV, who's been building actually solutions for Microsoft 365 or for SharePoint first in on-prem since 2007. Was it seven? I think it was. Yeah, I think they and they started their trading company in 2003. I guess yeah, 2003. The first time. Yes, yeah. yes, that's true. Yeah. That was a really good discussion. We recorded that yesterday. Thank you, Pret, on that. Uh, but kind of like that on on the journey of uh, how the cloud explodes and what are the opportunities within the partner ecosystem uh, for ISVs. And also, this is, there was quite a lot of interesting nuances related on their, their offerings because they are building the stuff using SharePoint framework, which is not only obviously for SharePoint, even though the name implies on that, but the benefits of using SharePoint framework, which, which was actually kind of interesting to, to get it out said out loud by a partner uh, because you can use the SharePoint, SharePoint framework is hosted in a customer tenant. So the compliance, the security, everything else is like, well, it's it's not a problem. So there's no challenges related on that. That's a good discussion with Barrett on that. Good reminder on on that we should maybe explain this more <laughs> more openly. Though. What are the different options in Microsoft 365 uh, for our ecosystem? Um, in the BMP Weekly, we always cover the articles as well. Uh, so hashtag BMP Weekly in Twitter. Twitter is still a thing. Is that the right way of saying that? And I get, what's your prediction, by the way, on Twitter before we go to the interview? Um, so what I've already seen is right that that many folks have moved to Mastodon, and it's really it's interesting to see like the different way people communicate on Mastodon versus. Uh, Twitter, right? And yep. maybe that depends on folks I follow. Maybe that depends on the algorithm. But in Twitter, is more like to me, it's going more towards what you see a lot on on Reddit, which is the snarky, sarcastic nature of folks. Whereas on Mastodon, it's more like it feels like more a um, understanding and welcoming experience. So yep. it's really interesting, like how will that that evolve and to what point it will stick. But it's really great, like depending what you're you're after, um, you might want to choose one or the other. Yep. Yeah. And like we, we can also see a a clear uptake on the LinkedIn uh, usage. Uh, so because I I can see a lot of additional engagement and actions and reactions and and posting as well. So it's an interesting to see. Uh, and personally, I. I really like Twitter. I like the idea of, I, I still remember like, when was it? Whenever the, the pandemic situation in 2010, 2020, um, I followed the situation of Australian GP practices. 2010. Is it 2020, 2020? Uh, the, for example, following on, uh, on real time what's happening across the world, because I still remember so vividly having one of those moments like Sunday or Saturday nighttime and you're following, is the uh, GP in Australia happening or not? 
And you could follow actually the feed of people walking into the gates of the GP and are they getting in? Are they not getting in? What's the communication? And I love that full access in the the, the information and that's why it's real time access to it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. can get easily involved as long as the, the country doesn't really limit the, the internet connectivity. But but it's still I love that mental mindset. So I'm I'm crossing fingers that hopefully within a few months we'll be back in normal in Twitter because well, it's, and it's, there's also this other interesting aspect that we've experienced a lot around the war in Ukraine, right? Yep. Like uh, the disinformation campaign yep. by both yeah, yeah. sides trying to uh, influence the, the in, like, yeah. like, well, yeah, yes and no, right? Because if you rely on info and you cannot not discern which one is true, which one isn't, then you're going to act on things that that are false. True. True. Right? But again, so, that, that's not just Twitter. That's even the news medias and everything else. They they typically well, pick exactly. a side yeah, and yeah, yeah, then yeah. they're being used part of the channel of the whatever. So it's it's not like in the current world. Now we're, we're really heading to the politics. This is interesting. <laughs> but not in the current world of of communications, you it's it's who can you trust? Who's the the trustworthy? Well, that's exactly the point, right? I mean, we've seen we've seen all the work, you know, going back and forth about. Twitter verified and official yep. and all of that going back and forth on decisions and choices and what does it mean? And it's, it isn't an easy thing apparently. Right. And I mean, there's, there's so even, even on Mastodon, right. There's a, there are specific instances meant for journalists to be able to actually prove, right, that they are them and that they are the ones who but, report. So, but of the course. journalists have they pick a side as well. So they say they say they, it's of not course. like you're verified and you are a news verified news whatever company. And that's yeah, and truthful. always no, and no, always not, you know, you, uh, yeah. you carry over the the truth, right? It's exactly. always perspective, exactly. and yeah. Yes. So and that I mean, that's. But there are there are folks who really do good job trying to stay with the facts and really. Um, ex explain the facts, but not really add a lot of their opinions, right? And there's also True. so one example of that is um, I don't know know the lady's name, but she 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 is the one who reports a lot around COVID for the last few few years, like really helping folks to understand like these are the facts. This is not my opinion. These are the facts. Like there is a research. These are the facts. This is where we stand, right? Yeah. So kind of like that is an interesting perspective. To get and to find these few folks who really try to stick to the facts as opposed to whom uh, push their opinions and agenda. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's that's why. Well, again, having that full freedom, free access information, I, I just just really love that. But then you need to be thoughtful on. Okay, so is this with an agenda? Yeah. Is this pushing on what I they exactly? Now, um, that, that was no. an interesting, wow, uh, small Intro, yes. detour. <laughs> but let's actually jump on the interview with Pritz. Uh, that was a really funny uh, and nice uh, discussion. So let's jump in there and come back on the articles right after that. Yeah. Welcome, Fred Lonsdale uh, on the PMV Weekly. Uh, so good to have you on the show. We were just, before we started recording, we were just having a discussion. You were here in the episode 76, which was on 23rd of March, 2020, which is quite a, Traumatic dates, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now let's let's actually come back on on the pandemic and what has happened, and also it's actually what you said when we started recording that two days after that you went to complete lockdown in UK, which is interesting. Um, but 
before we go there, can you do a quick intro? Who are you and what do you do for a living? You're clearly an yeah. MVP, or maybe those are fake on your background. The, the, yeah, the, the, these are fake. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 there's <laughs> one that I haven't hung up yet. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I am a Microsoft 365 Apps and Services MVP. Uh, I think I got that right. It's uh, yep. under the third third yep. change. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So um, that that's for uh, for five years running. So extremely grateful for for that. It's uh, it's been yeah tremendous uh, being an MVP and and so on. And um, there's lots of things that we do for the community which we still do today. And I, I'd like to to talk about some of those as well because uh, they, they've been pretty special. There's a great story around uh, something we're doing with Collab Days and the National Museum yep. of Computing here in in the UK. Um, but yeah, uh, introduction to me. So my name is Brett Lonsdale. I'm based in the UK. I own a company called Lightning Tools. And um, when we were twiddling our thumbs in the pandemic as well, we also started another company called Enlightning, uh, which uh, is actually a company that offers coaching around the Microsoft 365 platform as well. So not quite training and not quite consultancy. It's kind of guidance. Um, so we uh, spent some time with customers and find out what their needs are. Uh, it might be building a, a power app or even a BI dashboard, something along those lines, and we um, help steer them in the right direction, mostly using Microsoft material. So we're not sort of reinventing the wheel or anything, but we're uh, telling them what they should be learning and why they should be learning it. And then, uh, yeah. Getting so them to build they will solutions. be enlightened, right? They'll be so. enlightened, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that's spelled the you same way as lightning tools as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's yes. <laughs> just to add confusion. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we've we've been doing that, which is going well, and that's um, not not just my company. That's actually uh, uh, a joint project with Sandy, uh, Sandy Usia, who's worked with Lightning Tools for over ten yep. years as well. She's uh, also an MVP, but in the business application space. Um, so uh, yeah, she does a lot of the the, the power app stuff and uh, Power Automate and so on. Whereas I kind of carry on with the SharePoint Teams uh, sort of area. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's all, all good. And and Viva's uh, sort of coming into my remit as well, and I'm really enjoying that journey as well at the moment. So, cool. so all good. Cool. Um, so well, yeah, a lot of lot of questions related on those, but please yeah, exactly. continue. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. So I've been in the SharePoint space for a long, long time. Um, it dated all the way back to 2003, um, where uh, yeah, I was given a workshop uh, to um, basically because I was an ASP.NET de developer at the time, I was, I was given the, uh, the the Microsoft official workshop, which is about four sheets of paper and told to deliver it. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> sure, why not? How hard can it be, right? Yeah. Well, it's clearly about sharing, right? So. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, quite a learning curve. And I, I managed to uh, deliver a, a a workshop and i wish i could go back in time and just say hey everything i told you was wrong <laughs> you <know? laughs> this, this is actually evolved. what it is exactly so um so yeah we uh, we started a training company um and and that was back in 2003 and then in 2007 i formed lightning tools uh, really because lots of people came to me in the uh developer training um, classes saying, why can't SharePoint do this? Why can't SharePoint do that? And so on. And we had the idea of, well, actually, let's start building some of these things. And of course, back then, it was uh, yeah, building full trust uh, ASP.NET type solutions. MetaMan, was that, was that the thing? Yeah, so, so that was there our very first product. Yeah, BDC MetaMan. <laughs> 15 years, it's still top of mind. There you go. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that was our, our key product. Um, oh, oh, by, oh, 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 before sorry, we go yeah. there, so, so mm. I, I I need to do a quick. Uh, uh, this is good uh, Friday Bob quiz. So, what was the namespace of the server side uh, server side components and objects for PDC? Mm. 
Is that for me to answer? Yep. Application yes. registry. You are absolutely correct. Because it was a business data connectivity services, and then services, I changed that yes. to BCS, uh, which afterwards, um, but before it was actually released, it was called application registry. And therefore, the server side code was under that namespace. And see, Pret passed the test. So, <laughs> you, will, you will get, get a cable. For the poster. The poster comes afterwards. <laughs> Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, so, so BDC Metaman was our very first product. And um, what, one of the other challenges that nearly everybody uh, that, that came on a training course asked about was cross-site collection aggregation. So back then, yes. there was the content crew part. part. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so we, that, that, that's what led to the Lightning Conductor, which was the uh, yeah, cross-site collection roll-up tool, which is what it did back then. Um, it, and it really has changed dramatically now. It's not actually just rolling up lists in libraries. That's one of the things it does, but it it actually works mostly with graph now. Uh, so yep. we're pulling in planner and to do and OneDrive documents, et cetera, and building reports on that sort of content. So, but still same kind of idea, building reports on, on aggregated right. content, uh, which, which is great. So, mm -hmm. you, you've been around for a long time and you've seen things go from like, Back back in days when you would get you know a uh, the binder with DVDs on the yes. MSDN and install <laughs> exactly. them on a on your box to nowadays the cloud. Like, how do you see the way things change and what? How does that 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 affected you being an ISV? Yeah, so um, I, I think as with a lot of people, actually, when uh, you know you. you but when the cloud um, started kicking off, it was like I can't imagine this. <laughs> you know, um, it, it was really difficult to, uh, yeah, even imagine like backups to the cloud and and, and things like that. In, in fact, I used to deliver training on uh, the A plus curriculum. Do you remember the, the A plus stuff? So is like A plus hardware and A plus software and A plus networking and things like that. No, no, uh, okay. no. It was a, an organization called CompTIA, and lots of people were getting certified in in that. Especially if you were sort of new to the. Uh, IT industry and 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 so on, and I remember reading this chapter that uh, in the in the courseware that said um, one day we're going to have uh, on-demand television. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. No, no, no way, no way, yeah. that's So yeah. I will demand a DVD and then that will, I will order it online and somebody will bring it to my home like they do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so to imagine you know software going in that direction as well. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, in the early days, of course, uh, of, of Office 365, we saw some challenges where it wasn't quite there in, in terms of what you could do with the, the product versus SharePoint on-premises. You had a lot less control over, over that. And certainly as an ISV, we, we suffered from delivering the functionality that people had expected of our products. So, um, yeah. and, and there's still a little bit of that today, uh, but uh, not anywhere near as much as there there was. I mean, there were certain things like, you know, cross-site collection roll-up uh, that we just couldn't do when Office 365 came out. Um, yep. it, it was almost impossible. Except we had to search, right? We so, had to use search, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that just made it more complex and, and so yeah. on as well, because we were about delivering tools for the business user. Um, so yep. they weren't there with the knowledge of being able to set up result sources and <laughs> Manage properties and all the rest. You mean of like yeah. no code, low code, no code, yeah, low code things? Exactly yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get lots no of feedback. No code at all, just clicking around, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But now we can. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've got a lovely interface to the Lightning Conductor and so on. You can aggregate content extremely easily through through the graph, through search, or through 
yeah, the, the client-side object model and so on. So yep. that, that's good. So yeah, things definitely changed. And like you say, you used to get those big packs of, uh, of, of CDs and DVDs and install from there. Now you don't have to. You can just spin up your environment. And how, how do you how do you see from a partner perspective? We talked about this one probably last time as well. But but uh, the, the let's say the partner opportunities is it now then less? Is it more? Is it what 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 does the transition has done for the partner opportunities and the partner ecosystem? Yeah. So so I I, I think the Microsoft Partner program has got stronger from our point of view um, and mostly through direct relationships like this um you know it, it's great that uh you think of lightning tools and you think of me and and, and you know bring me onto a show like this and so on I, I think that type of engagement is really super useful and, and of course the mvp uh, program has also helped with that not necessarily just the uh, the microsoft mvp uh, sorry the, the microsoft partner program yep. um i'm interested to see what sort of direction it will it will go in uh for, for isvs if i'm honest uh based on the fact that you know, the partner program is changing and and when you look at the new categories and so on it's like where do we where do we sit because we're not actually selling microsoft <laughs> uh software we're, we're, yep. we're not in that business um yep. we're, we're selling our own software so yeah you know, we're not going to be gaining points uh for uh for, for a company using microsoft 365 or using azure or, or anything like that um, and that can be quite challenging even on submitting apps to the app store yeah, uh, because there's things like the, uh, the the attestation questionnaires and and so on. It's mostly we're almost not fitting into that category from somebody that's building SharePoint framework tools, uh, based yeah. on the fact that you know we're not really a SaaS company. Uh, we're not hosting anything, yes. <laughs> and, and this yes. question is coming up all the time. Um, so we're ticking those boxes, saying not applicable, not applicable, not applicable, and then you have to explain why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> it's, it's it's hard yeah, to understand. Typical ISVs obviously host their application by themselves in AWS or Azure or whatever, but you don't actually do that. Uh, is that a is that a benefit for you anyway? Uh, yes. Yeah, it, it it's a huge benefit, and we often stop our customers in the tracks because you know they're they're like. Can you send over your data protection policy and blah 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 blah? <laughs> and uh, yep. yeah, they want to know what um, uh, infosec we we have and and so on as, as a company. It's like, can we just stop you there because it's all irrelevant? All of this data is going to sit inside your Microsoft 365 yep. tenant, and you're in charge of all of that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and, and is that a is that a real thing or is that more imaginary thing? Uh, is that is that does that come up? Is that a real kind of a, is that even a benefit for you uh, for for your offerings? In terms of them, them storing the data, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yes. yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a huge benefit, but it's it's something that they're not expecting, and yeah, uh, and right. I think that is the the challenge. So we, they almost don't know what to do with us. <laughs> it's like, well, well, what questionnaire do we give we lightning tools? We have got you. We have got you, but there's nothing. We have got it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, there's even physical security questions about, you know, our, our data center, it's like, mm, we've got an office, it's a barn, it's on a farm. <laughs> how, safe is it, how safe is that barn? Yeah. If you're scared of cows and sheep, <laughs> you're not going to come near the place at night. Do you have a cat? Do you, do you have a cat? Uh, we do have a cat. There yeah, you go. Chat. That's the boss. <laughs> yes, taken care of. So. Security done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So, so yeah, yeah that, that's an interesting one. But uh, yeah, th that is an interesting actually scenario, and that that's actually something what does not necessarily even internally always Microsoft people understand the difference between the fact that you're actually the code is running within the customer tenant, which is a huge benefit uh, for customers yeah. as well, mm -hmm. and and also. The, the I, I guess it's a high benefit for you because the operational cost for you is like yep. 
well, zero. doesn't exist. There is yeah. none. Exactly right. There is nothing to host, not nothing to maintain, backup, DR, like none of that. Like yeah, it's all it's all there, right? Yeah, correct. And and the way that we can you know deliver updates, we we, we do actually update a package separately um, every every four months per product um, so that the customer can make the choice whether they want to upgrade or not and, and so on. But there is that massive benefit also of having the CDN if we do want to make some some urgent right. changes or anything like that to the software we can do. So yeah, like you say, the, the way that we can deliver updates and, and everything is, is Yeah, but super. I mean like even with that, right, there's no operational cost in a sense of compute serverless. Like the cost you have to store JavaScript is like yes. pennies, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly and the data right. remains in a customer channel. Yeah, that's actually the, really good. Uh, the, the, the bill. Like it's like 0 0.02 pennies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely now, right. So now how does how does how does Lightning Tools actually find customers? So are you using the store at the app source and all of that? We or? Do. Yeah. Yeah, so so we do use the app store. Um uh, I think as you mentioned before you hit record, uh we don't sell the software that way. Um, so it's it's in the store as as free with an in-app purchase type uh, deal. So they get the, the the full trial experience from the store, and then they get the license key from us through through conversations. Yep. And to be honest, I don't even think it's related to the store. This uh, because in fact this came up with our website today. We were in in conversation with a, uh, an agency about. Um, how they could help us and 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 so on integrate you know, e-commerce into our website because they noticed we didn't have it and so on it's like we've been there it doesn't work for us because people buy on purchase order <laughs> you know we're yeah. business to business um that they're, they're not going to download something from the store and put in credit card details to uh, to, to buy it, it it's yeah. just not happening so um yeah they, they tend to go through quite a long-winded sales process in order to actually uh, acquire the software so it suits us to not have e-commerce on the website and most of the time, even if people do download from the store, they're reaching out to our sales team to, you know, get a quotation, be invoiced, <laughs> and, and so on yep. as well. So, I yep. don't think it really has anything to do with, you know, the the pricing models or the structure or anything like that. I think just it's yeah. it's more on B two B business works like that, and, Correct. and and it and it has worked like that since let's say early dawn of your company, as an example. Yeah. So. When exactly. was it? Seventy one, seventy two? No, just um, <laughs> it's been eighty four years. Eighty four years. Yes, it's always eighty four years. I don't. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> that may be a reference to some movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm meant to know that movie, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lost Tolly track. Okay. Gives me a chance to uh, switch gears a little. So, um, you mentioned also you are an MVP. Mm -hmm. I wonder. Can you, can you tell us a little about like how does that influence uh, your ability to like be an MVP like, or or like how how did you you get there because like being an MVP you can get doing so so many ways so mm -hmm. how did you get to be an MVP and once you became it what has changed? Uh, yeah, so back in two thousand and seven, I was nominated to be an MVP for the first time. And um, I chose that year to move to the States. <laughs> so, uh, so I moved there and, and lived there for, for three years. And uh, actually, during the nomination um, process, I got emailed by the MVP lead in the States and uh, sorry, in the UK and said, we can't award you the MVP because you're no longer in the UK. Um, yep. So I got lost in the system somewhere and uh, I, I kept getting nominated apparently people were telling me they'd nominated me but i never actually got any notifications and i think i was just <laughs> yeah big 
big red X against my name or something. It's like, yeah, he, he moved. moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he relocated. So he, there. So it wasn't until, um, yeah, five years ago. Uh, so it's so 2018 uh, where I actually uh, got awarded for the first time. And I'll it's honestly a say long it's a time to find you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but now, now he did move back to UK, right? So oh, I did. You know. there you go. And that's why. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, so they just didn't know what to do with me. But um, anyway, so uh, nothing's really changed as to what I do. Um, you know, I I went to one of my, the the first. Um, in fact, I, I back in two thousand and three, I think, is when we founded the uh, SharePoint News Group UK. Um, it, it wasn't me that founded it, but uh, I was involved in it. I, I spoke at the very first session. Uh, that was actually doing a, a um, what was I doing? Uh, yeah, it was like an ASP <laughs> type, type thing and building a first web part using user controls. That was it. I was, I was building a web part using user controls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so that yep. was my session. Smart part. Yeah. Smart part. Yes. Smart part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that came later, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was in 2007. So, yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, that's the, the very first session, and then I was involved with the use group quite a lot. Uh, I went to a SharePoint Saturday in Tampa when I moved to uh, to, to Florida, and I was like, the UK needs this. Um, so we, we we did a SharePoint, we hosted SharePoint Saturday UK for for several years, and that's evolved now into doing Club Days, which is part of the Club Summit at so Addis Hugo's uh, sort of family of, of events, and. Um, yeah, one of the things that we we did is actually the MVP lead here in the UK that introduced me to uh, the the National Museum of Computing, and this was at the start of the pandemic as well. Uh, so, being a museum, they uh, were in a very difficult position. Um, they're based on Bletchley Park, where uh, right. yeah, that, that's cool. Alan Turing um, <laughs> cracked the Enigma code and and all that sort of stuff. So it's you can all, all those huts and everything that you saw on the on the film, they're there. <laughs> you can walk past them and and so on. They're, they're so sort cool. of unchanged from the forties. Um, but they were in a difficult position because they still had to meet their um, the, the the museum had to meet their their costs in terms of rent and and so on. And Bletchley Park uh, wouldn't give them a, a break on any of that, uh, unfortunately. So of course they had no. No footfall going into the museum, no contributions from anybody, um, and yet they were having to house computers such as Colossus and the bomb and all these 40s machines that were used, and they were in place where the code was actually cracked uh, back, back in the day. So it's, even if they moved to new premises, it wouldn't have that same meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Claire Smith, the MVP lead, actually invited Jackie Garrett, who's the museum director, onto uh, onto a sort of lunch and learn type session that we have here in the UK. And, and um, it was a big cry for help. It's like, we need some companies to, to try and keep us alive and help us to keep the museum open and, and so on. So so we made some contributions based on some of the things that they were doing for the, the community themselves. They uh, were helping um, children with uh, autism and um, young adults who uh, couldn't get jobs and, and things like that to learn IT. Um, and one of the things they had a shortage of was was actually computers to use, <laughs> so modern computers that they could teach programming on. So, so we just got a bunch of Raspberry Pis, and that was our contribution at the time. Um, but then I had this idea of, well, rather than giving all this money to uh, a conference center or a hotel or something to host a collab days, um, why don't we host it at the museum? And whatever they get from the sponsorship just goes to the museum. And uh, so, oh, so we've brilliant. we've been doing that. And uh, very nice. That's so nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so. They've been able to do a great deal <laughs> with that, yeah. that that money, that that contribution, and and so on. 
Um, and I got involved also as a mentor. So uh, we were doing um, some, some mentoring with uh, uh, young children, basically, who just wanted to get into IT. And there's it, some good stories, like uh, there was a 13-year-old girl who uh, w wanted to do or, or study uh, computer science at GCSE level um, and she didn't get that elective the class was full so she couldn't at her school so um, so she was one of the people that was actually just turning up at the museum on a Sunday to to learn and uh, yeah these were the people that we were just sort of helping to, to teach uh, and oh, it was yeah. incredible so some of them were just doing yeah you know, there were young kids about six or seven they were learning Minecraft and things like that others were doing Python and, and so on so it's just really helping them out and uh, and what have you and uh, yeah there's some great stories uh, coming out of that and and where they've gotten to today so <laughs> wow, really the, cool. the latest event on on there that was like a few weeks back wasn't it uh, yeah so can you talk about a bit on on what was what was covered and and what, what, for those who wouldn't know, what is Collab Days? Uh, so what, what is covered within these meetings? It's a secret society to... Well, <laughs> yes, they have, they have, they have a yes. handshake, special knock on the door. <laughs> if you don't know, you will not be able to be a yes. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so the uh, Collab Summit was uh, was founded by, uh, by Addis Hugo, as mentioned. So, so that's something that started off in um, the... Uh, in Croatia and 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 so on, uh, and he brought it over to Germany. Uh, I, I guess what three or four years ago, or oh, actually maybe a bit longer than that. And, yeah, and and yeah. and now it's it's grown uh, considerably to yeah a, re a really large event. It's it's fantastic to go to. So they uh, have speakers uh, covering um, pretty much all of the Microsoft 365 stuff. So there's Azure, there's yeah Power Platforms, uh, Viva, etc. And um, that also is a sister event to the Collab Summit. North America, which is uh, run by Mark Rackley. Um, so, so that is held in the middle of nowhere somewhere. <laughs> Nobody ever knows where <laughs> Branson, it is, but Branson, Branson, Branson that's Branson, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you can go to Branson and, and attend that one. Uh, but they actually started Club Days, which is a more regional event, and it's typically one day uh, long, uh, as opposed to uh, several days. So, uh, yeah, we. Uh, that, that's what we've been doing in, in UK. There's also one in uh, Lisbon that's just taking place as well. Um, and uh, I, I see a few popping up in uh, New England and, and places like that too. So, yep. so yeah, it, it's just like what a SharePoint Saturday was really. So, so speakers are turning up, they're delivering the, the content around Microsoft 365, usually one hour sessions on various different subjects and the costs are met by uh, bringing sponsors in. So uh, of yep. course they're getting to to speak to the attendees promote their products and services and so on but they're making a contribution to the the community to make that happen for free for the attendees yeah exactly exactly which is a nice way of actually continuing the the high success of sharepoint saturdays which were insanely successful worldwide at yep. that point so and of course as the product evolves we we now have microsoft 365 all up teams and viva and everything else uh, calling it sharepoint saturday is not really uh well yeah, exactly. Yeah, in fact, I don't think that did it. It would have been great if we could have just changed that name, but that would have helped. Yeah, that's fair. Now, now coming back on the on the 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 day to day work and the offerings and everything else, uh, we you you've started with a SharePoint and you had a SharePoint offering. Uh, is that still is your products only for SharePoint and then consulting for product uh, power platform, or is the company also evolving? What about Viva? Is there anything on the Viva side? What about Teams? Um, and any teams, opportunities power there? Power platform and what else is there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, lists. What else do we have? 
<laughs> yeah, so, so some of the products are very specific towards SharePoint. Uh, so we have, um, in, in partnership with Skybo, we have uh, Lightning Forms, which is the modern form designer. So yeah, that comes up against Power Platform uh, quite a bit, in, uh, of course, with, with Power Apps and sometimes a bit of Power Automate, but uh, different kind of audience in a way. Um, yep. Yeah, so, so these people working directly with SharePoint lists and they want to build business forms and, and so on. Um, so that very much is, is SharePoint. Uh, we also have the um, Social Squared, and this is quite, a, th this one has a, an interesting story. So if you remember back to the, what the discussion list was like inside of SharePoint yes. back in 2007 yep. and I think yep. 2003 as well. You mean the it, social? No, the, 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 the thing. Discussion <laughs> the <list>. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Discussion yeah, yeah. List. yeah. The discussion Threads, list that we had. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. To trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So back then, it was back in 2007, we we were using Stack Stack Overflow and so on. We're like, you know, this is what the discussion list needs to be in, inside of SharePoint. So that's what we created and we called it Social Squared. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we built out Social Squared. Um, and when we got to uh, Microsoft Teams on the horizon and, and so on, it's like, oh, I think Social Squared is going to die. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not going to be a great product when people can create teams and they can have discussions in there and, and so on. You've got all the features going on in there. Um, and I can remember actually in our, w w one of the uh, dev meetings that, that you run, um, we demonstrated how we'd taken Social Squared and made it work in Teams. Teams. And yep. there was that a few was comments. Actually, that was, it wasn't that part of the keynote in 2018. It was, yeah. Yes, it was, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, at the time it's like, yeah, okay, we just did this just just to be able to take one of our SPFX apps and put it into Teams and yep. didn't really expect much to, to to happen as a result. And even then there were some questions like, why have you created a social tool inside a social tool? But that product has taken off considerably in, really? in Teams. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's been amazing because the, the challenge that people are meeting is when they're using the posts tab is being able to find questions that somebody might have just asked the questions like, right. how, how do I do this? I'm a new starter in that, inside this company. How do I make an expense claim or whatever it might be? And that just goes off the radar with the posts tab yep. um, as it would right. do in an email or, or something. So when you've got the discussion board structure going on inside a tab, now it makes sense that yeah, any sort of human re re uh, resource related questions, you know, I'd go to that forum group and uh, I'm likely to find the answer that I'm looking for there and, and so yep. on. So, it's just the structure of, of how a discussion yeah. board works that has really you know helped us and um, yeah it, it's really taken off in teams more so than it has in SharePoint. It's uh, it, it's been a great <laughs> which, story. So. Which kind of makes sense because again right now at least currently if you think about teams it, like you said it's basically a discussion feed which goes forward and then going back in history it's actually well, incredibly it hard. The same, <laughs> it's the same same experience as you would have on IRC right it's just like unstructured yes. it's like one yes. infinite page of stuff yep. like finding something in there that's almost impossible right so yep. again having that topic based uh threads i think that is invaluable yeah and then you've got the moderators and, and so on that you can assign yeah. to, to each forum and, and, and so on yep. right yep. so like like yep. relevance aspect of it yeah exactly so again we started to dabble um, when adaptive cards came along and and viva connections dashboards and so on it's like all right so what can we do here so uh, so social squared became the obvious choice uh, again and uh, we thought well yeah what you might have is um you know just just want to see what what what's latest post or what are the latest posts that people are asking about or what's yep. you know getting the trend in, in terms of discussions and so on. So similar to what you would have, uh, you know, with uh, Viva 
engage <laughs> and someone yeah. showing up in their connection. So we've uh, we've implemented that. Um, I don't think there's that many people that are aware of it just yet. Um, probably we haven't shouted about it enough, but uh, I think that's something that, that will uh, really, materialize more. It's really interesting to hear from you, like how you take the, the fact that we keep evolving things at Microsoft and you kind of uh, use it like, hey, like, like, what does that mean for us? How can we benefit from that as opposed to, well, it's a different thing we need to, right? So I wonder, how do you stay on top of everything that's new, everything that's coming so that you can yeah, how, see these exactly. new how things do you, that benefit you? The, the, the interesting thing, Brett, is that you, you seem to be super excited on those new opportunities. And it's not like everybody is, because we always get, uh, also get the feedback on, well, now Microsoft is heating up our business there, or it's impacting our business because they're building new stuff there. Uh, and rather than being negative about that innovation, you seem to be approaching this in a, a bit different perspective. Why is that? Is that a personal trait or what's... <laughs> Maybe. I mean... The, the, the reason why we, we, we created Lightning Tools, going back to that earlier question, was I, I can see the frustration that people are, are, were having with SharePoint. In, yep. in, you know, it, the fact that you can't do something in SharePoint was getting in the way of, of actually them being successful with SharePoint. And that's what drove us to build the products. It wasn't about what can we create that's going to make money. That, that, that yep. wasn't uh, yeah, any part of the discussion. It's like, all right, lots of people are finding it challenging to, to do this stuff. You know, they, whether it's creating BDC models or whether it's aggregating across different site collections or, or whatever. Um, so let's help them. <laughs> and, and that's really the driver. So yeah, if we could help them to, to be able to build these reports, I mean, even some of the things that you would consider to be relatively easy as a developer um, in, in terms of, you know, querying the graph or something like that and building a report on that, it's not easy for the business user. They, they yep. don't get that. Um, yep. so, so that's where we thought, well, there's an opportunity for the lightning conductor. Let's, let's make that simple. Yep. Um, so, so that's really been been the driver, and I think you know if um, w w one of the challenges that you know you, you would find with something like Social Squared was uh, knowing to go to what team again. So, so where do I go to 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 see this discussion board? So if it's highlighting some of those conversations up in uh, Viva Connections, that's going to again help the customer. So sure. yeah, we're, we're just trying to create the best product that we can <laughs> really, and uh, that, that's going to help them. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm always excited to 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 see what's. Uh, What's on the horizon with with Microsoft and and yeah, you know, some of it is is not necessarily that relevant to us, but there's certain things that you think, yeah, okay, I'm I'm going to jump on that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, we need to close up on the on a pretty soon. But uh, what would be the the most exciting things? What what you have seen coming out of Microsoft within the last yeah, six months? Yeah, or um, what is the next thing you will be in? <laughs> yeah, so so I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see where uh, Viva goes. Uh, so um, I think there's a lot of things that uh, really sort of resonate with re resonate with me as a as a business leader, if if you like. So um, I've done a lot of work with my, myself and a business coach uh, in being able to create you know a really good experience for for my team. And um, I think the way Viva uh, has approached that really directly aligns with it. So so we're actually implementing Viva goals and, and things like that at the moment as well for our company. And as we're doing that, I'm seeing opportunities for for products where we can expand either our existing tool set or even creating new tools as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on that. Um, and uh, yeah, also, you know, a lot more effort is, uh, is going into sort of Teams development versus SharePoint development as well, um, since that's what people are using all day long now, so. Yep.
Yep. Interesting. And of course, those are not kind of a declining between each other because you can surface to SharePoint inside of the teams as well. But again, Correct. so yes. It's a, <laughs> yeah. But is it is it actually related on Viva and the teams and, and everything else? Uh, is it easier to have the Viva discussion with your audience than having the teams discussion related on extensibility? It's just that I'm thinking the audience which we're having the discussion because Viva resonates with the business people, like you said, mm. rather than IT necessarily extending on teams or, or any any thoughts on on the demand or interest related on extensibility in both sides. Um, I don't know. I I, I guess uh, I'm a bit surprised with um, I've not seen that much drive yet uh, for for Viva uh, that yep. that I would have expected to see personally. But maybe that's you know. We're not known for that space yet. Maybe um, yeah, that, that's something that we will, will become known for. Um, and it's a relatively new thing still. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is new. A lot of people are still finding their feet with it. Uh, I think from a uh, ISV perspective, you know, the, the the adaptive cards are perhaps the most obvious way where we can deliver something at the moment. Um, I think the API or if there was an API, we could probably do more uh, with it too, uh, in terms yeah. of reporting and, and and so on, and and that's something we can't do. Uh, Social Squared, for example, uh, it would be good to 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 see if we could actually integrate that with uh, with, with some of um, uh, yeah the, the Viva offerings too. So uh, if, for example, somebody created a post inside of Social Squared, um, it'd be good to maybe see that. Through Viva Insights and, yep. and 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 so on or and, and maybe extend it or learn maybe exactly also a link yep. to it. Yep. yeah yeah yep. definitely yeah yep. so I think at the moment our hands are tied on that one <laughs> but uh, for now yeah. yep for now yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's right always ideas in a room <laughs> hold you to that one Vesa <laughs> <laughs> let me write that to the road anyway. Um, <laughs> Homework. <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, any any tips for anybody who's been kind of a or, or if if well, there's actually two two questions. Any tips for anybody who's like a partner looking into? Okay, so I want to start building my offerings for cloud. Um, any any kind of where would the, where should they start? Any tips from your side? You've been doing this for a while. Mm. That's a fantastic question, and uh, I, I think I'll go back to. Um, what I said a moment ago was uh, about you know, our offerings being a, a genu genuine offer for help <laughs> inside yep. that environment. Uh, you do yep. see some components um, in in you know, the, the the store where it's like, why would I want to use that? And maybe that's just me. I I wouldn't want to use it, but it's you know, a weather like, part. Come on, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, why would I want a weather web part on, on, on my Yeah, my everybody wants it. No idea why, but it just must, must be there. Yeah. I think number one sample, by the way, for SPFX, which was created, was created by Waldeck and surprise, surprise, <laughs> it was a weather web part. <laughs> okay, <there you> go. <laughs> but, but yes, um, that, that's really what we do is, is, is we you know, do fill gaps, uh, help to make make people more efficient and and so on. Um, so even like down to permission reporting, you know that that can be very time consuming to to for, for, for site owners and so on to be able to build a permission report. And uh, by the time they've done it, it's out of date. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right. so so yeah, being able to offer help in in that way is um, really where we're coming from. So that's the first question that we we ask ourselves when we come up with a new product idea. 
Yep. Um, so I, I think, yeah, get that vision right on uh, on what that product is and, and what is it actually going to really genuinely offer <laughs> as, uh, as, as value. Yeah, which is because that's going to then help with the customer discussions. And, and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, I guess that's it for now. Uh, any, any, well, your plans for next week are pretty, um, we typically ask what's going to happen next week, uh, but it's pretty obvious for you and me what's going to happen next week. So yeah, <laughs> we can recap on that. So uh, what, what's going to happen for you next week or this week? Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> So, so Which Lego sets are you going to give, go. give away? <laughs> I, I, I should have grabbed that. It's, it's just yes. in the next room to me. It's behind this wall. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got the, uh, the the new McLaren F1 uh, Lego oh. set. So, uh, so that's our, our, our prize. <laughs> So I might drop by at your booth um, with masks on. Uh, multiple masks times. On, so exactly. Multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> That'd be great. But also, we're, we talked about Social Squared. Um, so that is uh, up for the award at the European SharePoint Conference next week for cool. the most innovative uh, app for Microsoft 365. So, um, of course, with it, it's a runner-up. There's three apps there. So we've fingers tightly crossed that we might win that one. So cool. Really cool. I hope so anyway. And, and you have a booth, of, of course, in the expo area, just to recap on that one. So the Lego set is going to be shared uh, by you on Thursday, maybe? Or Yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So, so come and visit at, at the Lightning Tools booth and we've got lots of different swag and it, it's going to be cold this. We've got woolly hats, we've got gloves. The, uh, and... <laughs> the racing sim? We're not going to take the racing sim next week. Oh. No, no. We, we did have it last week. Racing but... <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. The, the, the most easiest way to get me to your pool like multiple times in a day. <laughs> the that, yeah, here's, the, here's the sim. So yeah. I'll yeah. just do a one, one more. One more. <laughs> it is addictive. Yeah. <laughs> now, Waldek, what are you doing next week? Uh, enjoying the silence. Well, so from the US, everybody will be, at, well, ma ma many folks will be back at work, but then yep. some of the European folks will be off. So it's kind of going to be mixed back, like this is going to be yep. a full week or or not. But sure. yeah, it's, sure. it's running up towards the, the end of the year. So trying to recap some of the work that I've done, but also still, I've got more ideas than hours in a day. So trying to squeeze some time to do some more stuff. Fantastic. That's always, always, always the challenge because so many ideas. What if we would do? Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah. And, and for right. me, and for me, of course, I'll be in ESPC starting actually Sunday. So um, should be good. Um, and I don't know why I took the flight already in Sunday. In, but hey, well, I'll try buying Paulus SPFX uh, workshop on jet Monday and right? uh, do a, a <laughs> jet lag. <laughs> yes. One and a half hours flight, you know. So. <laughs> um, but that, that should be good. So hopefully seeing a lot of people commun from community. Uh, this recording is getting live on Tuesday as the ESPC is ongoing. So um, this is basically, Wonderful. if you're watching this, you still have two days, Wednesday and Thursday available to drop by. And, and we'll be walking Lego. around. With Anne, <laughs> exactly. Vincent Vegas, exactly. And if you're watching this later, we will maybe update who won the Lego into social media at some point. So, Sounds good. Anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> but but thank you, Pret, for joining. And thank you, Waldek. Um, and we'll jump on the weekly articles uh, right after this interview. Thank you. Well, thank you both. Really enjoyed thank it. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Excellent. Thank you, Pret, one more time. Uh, really, really cool uh, to catch up and, and looking forward on, on seeing you next week in uh, Copenhagen, actually. So it should be really good. Oh, this week, as this is getting recorded, or in the past, if you're watching and listening this after the week of Copenhagen 2022. So. How, how was it?
<laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yes. Hopefully it was awesome. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, of course, expectations are super high. And it's, it's cool to be... So a year ago, uh, year ago in uh, December, we had the European Collaboration Summit happening in Dusseldorf, uh, which got... It was really interesting situation. There was a lot of, lot of discussions because there was sparks of COVID outbreaks again in Europe exactly on that week. So a lot of people yeah. needed to cancel and, and that, that did change the mental mindset of the conference uh, a bit because you, you were basically wearing masks uh, with the people all the time. You had that, that mental mindset is, is that, okay, do we have a bigger problem now again or not? So yeah. now we're in a bit better situation because the vaccinations and all of that stuff and, and people are a bit more free uh, on communications. But we'll see how it goes next week. So... Hopefully, European Collaboration Summit in spring 2023 will be as relaxed um, as in the past, and this will be in Kyoto in Copenhagen as well. So, anyway, should we jump on the articles? Let's do that. About let's time. Do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. What's this? Yeah, let's do this in 15 minutes. So, yeah. So, anyway. 15 minutes later. So, exactly. <laughs> we are starting the articles. Now, first of all, uh, we, we updated uh, or shared the update on the top 10 uh, most used SharePoint framework solutions from the store. And this is basically statistics on, on people acquiring solutions from the app source or from a SharePoint store uh, built with SharePoint framework. Now, some of these solutions are for Microsoft Viva uh, connections, and some of them are for Microsoft Teams, and some of them are for SharePoint. Um, and we do know, based on discussions with Pret as well, actually, this week, a lot of the, the, the ISVs do not intentionally actually use the store. Its store is just a way of getting exposure, and then they sell outside of the store as well. So it's 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 either way. Uh, both options are fine, and uh, we're here to help whatever is your chosen path. But in here, uh, we had a typical set of uh, 10 quite typical uh, partners uh, who are in the top 10 um, list. And we do this intentionally every single month, um, basically because, well, they're, they're betting on our technology. Why not promote our friends? So. Thank you for, for ISVs on that. Then we had a uh, Add to Tribe interesting podcast. Exactly. So another episode of the podcast from, from Mark, um, this time around talking about OneDrive. And I think that there are, if I understand correctly, there are some new cool features there is. Uh, in yes. OneDrive. And it's about syncing versus adding a shortcut. Like I think that, that that would spark discussion that they had on on the podcast to learn more about which direction you would choose and what are the different options are to eventually be able to more easily find the files you put there. Yeah, and, and, and I have to say that, so, of course, I'm from a OneDrive SharePoint organization, so I'm kind of closely involved in what's happening in OneDrive as well. And the OneDrive consumers starts looking insanely good. It's, it's just the photo shrinking, photo sharing, all of those features, it's getting better and better. And there was a intentional, maybe I'm already spilling some of the beans, I don't know. There was an, as Google was shutting down some of the photo services, there was an in, intentional bet on starting to improve um, areas in the in the OneDrive consumer, which is very, very cool. Now. Well, and I guess it's also now, you know, it is the right time where people get together, see family members. Yep. What is the first thing that you do? Show pictures. Yes. So it makes perfect sense. Like now is the right time where people will, you know, get together around a table, yep. pull up a device, if at all, right? And what you will do then, look at yep. pictures. Yeah, so. Whether it's your been... kids or cats or dogs. 
related on family stories. So um, we used to have a yearly book done for our kids, uh, for our kids, uh, basically pictures was happened in the last uh, year. And that was given to grandparents um, as a gift for Christmas. And we stopped doing that mm-hmm. when he went to school, like when he got to seven. And now as we were chatting earlier this year on, okay, so what I wish for Christmas and kids wish was that we would actually have those books again. So now we're oh, <laughs> creating nice. three yeah, of them yeah, or four yeah, of yeah. them and nice. continue doing that, of course, in the future, which says, well, and, and really having insane. the one size sync, you have the pictures yeah. in safe. Yeah. So they're basically now saving. Yeah, but it's also, but it's also insane. Like if I look back, you know, at pictures of my kids when they were younger, like three, four years back, I don't recall any of that. Like, it's like, wow, they, they were so small. Yeah, I get the the pictures are are really invaluable for that, right? And the fact that we can easily have them available with us, and you can really get back in time at any point wherever you are. That that's really awesome. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. The only challenge is almost like too many pictures and and cleaning up things. <laughs> so. so. So the next article was the Outlook REST API v2 and beta deprecation update. So we did announce deprecation of the Outlook API v2 endpoint. Uh, was it on 2021 or uh, oh November 2020? It says actually that on the blog post. See, reading helps. You learn things. Um, but <laughs> and the intention was that we would stop supporting Outlook REST API. Uh, it's basically now already deprecated. Deprecation means that we are not investing on it anymore and you should not be betting that to be there in the future. The intention was that we would actually stop supporting this API in November 2022, which is right now. But that deadline has been now pushed forward, so we don't have an exact updated date. And there will be a at least six months notice uh, period before the enforcing or block of the endpoint in the future. But the date is not yet set. It's going to be in 2023, apparently, is the plan now. Uh, we've got an article from Altomish, and he shares with us a few PowerShell scripts around booking. And these scripts are really cool because they show you how you can automate the access to bookings using the Microsoft Graph PowerShell SDK, right? So these are snippets that that you could run as is, or you could uh, incorporate them in bigger uh, automation scripts that you build. So if you're in this area, if you do some of work in this space, check them out because they might help you save some time. Absolutely, 100%. Now, we also had an update from Amitab Ayub. Uh, around seven new verified connectors and seven updates uh, released in October 2022. And these are basically the connectors for the Power Platform. Uh, because in Power Platform, you cannot just randomly hit an API. You are actually having... Well, well okay. You could. It's not the, the easiest way, really, yes. to be honest. Yes, exactly. So then you have the connectors, which are basically the way of getting the information more efficiently for your Power Platform. And, and that's why the connectors are important. And there's a updated set of uh, available connectors. So thank you for that work as well on the Power Platform side. Then we had an update on Power Platform Developer Tool. Exactly. So update from Kartik about developer tools for Power Platform and what's new and what's changed. So there are things around auth, about solution packing, Azure DevOps and GitHub Actions, right? So more and more and more features supporting, I would say, more advanced scenarios to build on top of Power Platform, right? So it's really cool for us to see uh, being more, more welcoming towards devs and supporting more advanced scenarios that go beyond building a flow or a Power App. Yes, absolutely. It's it's clearly cool to see that the mature maturity of the of the power platform. It gets better and better, better and better every single month. And and great communications, by the way, on the updates as well. So definitely, definitely. 
Now, we also had an update. This is actually going to be flipped the date. We had a bit of a challenge yesterday on our blog. So the date uh, date's not correct. It's just the 25th. So it is today as we're recording this. Uh, we had a November 2022 update on the Microsoft 365 platform community. And this is a classic uh, summary on what has happened within the past uh, X amount of time. Uh, we're promoting this uh, in the multiple channels. But bit of a change in the, the, the script uh, right now, uh, focusing mainly on the actual people. So who've been involved from the community. Uh, around our community efforts, so sharing samples, blog posts, videos, presentations, and all of that, and and of course still focusing on on making sure that people know where they can find the latest samples, script samples, code samples, and how to get verified. So which is really, really cool. R- not verified, not verified. How do you get recognition? How do you get recognized? Now, um, related on that one, uh, on the recognition uh, program and the Microsoft 365 platform uh, community recognition program, we did actually release a new batch uh, of season of kidding, um, which is a nice word game. Uh, so uh, related on this one, as an example, Gunnet Sunup actually has has received this uh, uh Correctly stamp, uh, but basic idea here is that as long as uh, if you are contributing during November and December timeframe in 2022, uh, you will get an additional batch uh, season of kidding. It's a nice, nice, st- nice play with the words uh, for sure, yeah. um, as an award for being actively involved within the community. So, nice. and we're seeing already numerous people actually getting this. So thank you, thank you for that. Very nice. Now. I have to maybe one more time to say this because the October was the October Hacktoberfest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was insanely successful. So we had a lot of, yeah, lot of yeah. engagement worldwide. Um, thank you for that. Then it's like, okay, now it's season of holiday season. What do we, we don't want to actually have, just have hackathon and October. We want to have something on this season as well. So, Definitely. and that's and where the season is getting us coming. Throughout the year. So I guess exactly. Include some other things too. And I have a visitor. There we go. Is it a Mr. or Mrs.? A Mr. Mr. Yes. The the, the actual on chief. The PNP Weekly. Yes. Say wow. So, what's your thoughts on the community? No comments. What's your. Uh... It's, it's pouring. He's going in. Like, mm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm, really cool. Yes. <laughs> There we go, but yeah, uh, and on the on the by the way on the batches. So of course, um, if you contribute anywhere throughout the year, you will get the basic batches as well. But the the season of getting is is something special for the end of this year, and then we're looking into doing a special months for the spring as well. So, um, really cool. looking forward on on people being more actively involved. Absolutely. Good. Then Mark Haman had a cool blog post related on Microsoft Teams tabs. Exactly, right? And when you build a Teams app, right, there, there's a way for you to show the native um, indicator that, that your app is loading, yep. right? And how you can do that in SPFX, how you can use the same, uh, the same option. So this is really an interesting thing to kind of improve the user experience of your app and make it more responsive in a way. Yep. And this, so yep. is this, no. So it's this, not a this specific for SPFX. No, exactly. no, no, no. So it's it's about for any sorry. Teams yeah. uh, application, which is actually good. A this is actually, yeah. yeah. But it, it's it's as simple as having that lo- uh, loading uh, true. So if there is a well, wait and time. Then a piece of co- oh yeah, and then the, a piece of code. Well, yeah, yeah you also need to, to um, communicate to Teams that your app is active yes. now, because otherwise now I'm loaded. always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I'm now I'm good. Let's yeah. continue. I'm ready. So, yes, yes, that's really cool. Thank you, Bartman, on that one. Really, really cool. 
Now, uh, Agnes Molnar had a blog post related on news items in Microsoft Search. Uh, so basically, how can we access the news items? How can we uh, show the news items and how they're being identified and how, what we can do with that information? So really, really cool, um, cool uh, clarification on how we can detect the news items. Now, as she's calling out, uh, the logical thing uh, for any, let's say, experienced SharePoint person would be that the news items are actually differentiated with the content types. Unfortunately, however, that's not the case. So it's based on this promoted state uh, status, which is a bit of a confusing thing. And then that causes um, the, the implementation of surfacing just news, for example, in search, a bit more complicated. Um, but again, um, luckily, it is well concluded and well, well clarified here as well. Exactly. I mean, as long as you know that that is the way to go about it, you can yep. adjust the way you think and implement this, right? It's not like it is It is impossible, right? Like the option is there. And if you work with search and content types, you might expect it to be the same way. It isn't. But now you uh, you at least know how, how it works. Yep, absolutely. 100%. Now, uh, Martin links to it, had a blog post as well about using custom certificates when debugging SPFX apps, right? So what is a custom uh, certificate? I don't understand. Very, very, very good, <laughs> which is exactly why you should read the article. So then you will yes. learn, right? So yes. basically the idea is right that you build an SPFX app and you want to debug the local version you're working on. It needs to be served from HTTPS, right? So it yep. needs to go over SSL because you're going to test it in the context of a SharePoint site. Right, that is served from HTTPS. And if you would serve it from HTTP, it wouldn't load in browser because it would be mixed, right? Yep. So HTTP doesn't load inside HTTPS because it isn't safe, right? Yep. So, so to have the, that end-to-end that -end safe experience, it needs to be on HTTPS, but for that, it needs a certificate, right? So you might want to use your own so that you don't need to every single time accept, accept this one or ensure things like um, um, expiration dates or retrusted. And maybe that's also something that you used for all the different apps you built, not just in SPFX. So you have yep. one, how would you use it in context of SPFX? And yep. if you want to uh, know more about that, check out this article. Yeah, and, and coming back on the, the of course, the, the gulp trust dev search command is, is super easy to use, but but when you're using a Docker or dev containers, uh, it gets a bit more complicated because you're not exactly. in the context of your computer. You're in the context of that virtualization box, exactly. which is and the And the command runs inside, inside container, container, but uh, the, um, the browser is on your host. So yes. you cannot trust yes. from inside container certificate on your host. That doesn't work, yeah. right? So yes, inception. it's complicated. Inception, indeed. <laughs> now, uh, Paolo Pialorsi had an updated video. He's back. He, he had a one a week when he didn't have a video. This is unheard of. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so episode 231, uh, what's new in the SharePoint framework 1.16. Uh, and he in here, it's good five-minute video. He walks through the different scenarios, different updates. Also, with like demos on, on certain the, the things. For example, detecting, are you in a Office Outlook or in Teams or in SharePoint? Well, that's unknown host. But anyway, so understanding on yeah. which host you're actually being uh, accessing the information. That's really, really cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm saying Waldeck, Paolo. Paolo. But you look yeah, so almost like so, the same. Yeah, yeah like you, you keep know, doing so. that. I don't know why. Yes. Like, what's in your brain made you connect us? <laughs> then we had a new video from Shane. Exactly. How can you create a calendar view with a model-driven power app? 
Yep. Apparently you can, and who knew you could? So yes. if you need to do that, check out this video to learn more. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And that's with you, you and Sebastian uh, as a uh, visitor in the show as well. Now, we also had a new video for Giuliano De Luca on how to use the new webinar experience in Microsoft Teams, a bit more end user driven um, and scenario, um, an administrative scenario, but really, really cool video as well. And, and Giuliano is having great, great, great um, explanations on the how things are working on a weekly basis as well. Thank you, Giuliano, on that. Cool, I guess that's it for now. It is, it is. So, Paolo, what's your last thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, like this, we already went uh, together with Brad. What will you will be doing this week? Yes. Um, one thing I didn't didn't mention is that we're releasing version six, new major version of CLI for Microsoft 365. It's been in works for few months, three, four, maybe even five months already now. Yep. So because it's a new major version, we took the liberty to break a few things. But we worked for so long basically to give everybody enough time and notice to update their scripts before they upgrade. Yep. Right. So we're going live with it in the next in this week as this video is published. We're going live. So by the time you watch it, maybe you it's 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 already live. So it's a really cool milestone for us to reach and to have another ma major version v6 out yes. there. Yeah, a week after the five-year celebration, all of that. Oh, so yeah. really, really cool. So yeah, how was the celebration? How was the five years? How, so this is a special opportunity. What would be your five, three to five tips related on establishing an open source project? Uh, what's what's the most important things? Communication, consistency, mm -hmm. long breath. Or yes. maybe long breath and con consistency are are the same thing. So scaling. Think yep. about a team. Like yep. you, if you want something to be there for a long time, it can, it needs to be bigger than you, and that involves so many things, like getting out of your head. Like nothing can be in your head. You cannot be the only person who can publish, who can automate, who knows stuff. And at some point, you also need to give away things. Like you need to lose the reins in a way, yep. right? So you need to let others decide let it go take, take point you're free yeah, now yeah, yeah. you're I free mean, run it's, run it's hard right because <laughs> it like, is people it will is will make decisions that are different than yours yep and it's perfectly fine it's just you know the initial feeling you might get like oh my god i don't know everything that's going on and that's perfectly fine because yes. we have a team that we we trust each other and we know that people are good are are making the best choice and if it turns out not to be the best choice, well, then we will adjust it. And it's never humans. the end of the world, right? It's exactly. always, it is a marathon we're running. Yes, or right? ultra marathon. Single... So I'm moving into this ultra marathon example. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, like every single step we take, you might take a misstep, but you can still finish yep. the marathon, right? So yes. in this case, sure, there will be a bug. Well, we fix it. There will be a command that maybe doesn't work optimally with other things. Well, then next year when there is new version, we will make a breaking change, align it, and everything will be fine eventually. So yep. it's really that having that long-term thinking, like that is really key. Yeah. I mean, I, two things, right? So if, the, if, if, if we would transform those three to be five, it would be communications, 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 consistency. <laughs> yes, yes, communication, like it's really, it's simple, but it's so easily to be, yes underestimated and overlooked 
because it's it's trivial and it often comes down to but everyone knows right well guess what people don't what's yeah. top of mind for you isn't guaranteed top of mind for everyone else right just yeah. the fact that we're spending in our team every day in cli everybody else don't they have their work they have their own things and they don't and unless we get out there and tell them and tell them not just once but tell them once and twice and thrice and more only then we will be able to reach and even then they will be still somebody who yep. wasn't around or it wasn't working on it then and they are new and they still don't know and you, you can beat yourself up for like how come that people don't well every single day new folks start so you also need yep. to be mindful of that and just having that persistence and um again like getting it out or getting things out of your head because what makes sense to you is new to everyone else yeah i think that the traditional challenge is always expanding the open source project the step number one is expanding from a one person to two and three but then the the biggest challenge for sure is from extending that to 10 or 20 uh, active persons that's that's surprisingly yeah. time consuming and and overly not pro often not properly done um, because you yeah. want to actually have that team who feels empowered independent um, and and basically um, ready for making decisions by themselves rather than exactly. being dependent on a one person who's you're the dictator you need to make decisions no 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 you well, don't want to be that maybe to that point right like you need to empower your team to be able to do that and for that yeah. you need guardrails right you need to yes. tell them not how to like you basically need to you don't need you cannot decide for them how to make a decision but you need to um, um, empower them in a sense that what are the tenets, the um, principles that we use, which we operate? Yep. Like, what yep. is it that we want to do? Why are we here? How we want to engage with others? What is the way 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 we respond? How do we deal with that? And with these principles, you really empower them and let them learn and experience and 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 grow and get to the point where they can make a decision and they can fully you know, uh, shine, right? yep, because they can exactly. bring their experience, exactly. their person, and add that as a um, a value add to to to, to the team team and project, right? But yeah. only if you help them become a part of the team. Yeah. So, so one thing what I've used in the past as well, because I'm, I'm we also been in Microsoft for quite a long time, is that when you encourage people, you basically I've been saying for many times for some people uh, that it's okay, make your decisions. You are more than skilled and understandable for making this. Now, if somebody wants to then attack you, say that it was me uh, supporting you on your, that decision and we'll have a discussion with three of us. Um, so you're basically helping to grow that, no, you're independent, you can make the decisions. Confidence. But build, confidence. You, you build and then, up the confidence, yeah. I've never had any problems um, of any, any any of those things, but people are so hesitant of making decisions. Um, and that's the one thing which we should click in the mind. It's better to make a decision and move forward rather than not make a decision. And 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 so make a decision, communicate moving forward is much more important than, well, I mean, hesitant. What if I do a wrong decision? It's okay to do wrong decisions. Well, and especially in our line of work, at least in the scope that I, that I work, I, things can go wrong. So yes. what? Yes, exactly. We are we are not in healthcare. Uh, we are we are in a different. It's it's exactly. a completely You're different. Also, not building uh, airplanes. You know, yes, not exactly like where you really need to have the high degree of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway, that was a good sidetrack on on things. Um, see, yeah. 15 minutes almost. <laughs> 50, yes. <laughs> cool. Anyway, thank you, Valnik. Uh, on this one, thank you, Pretz, and thank you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Loki. Mr. Loki. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> the god of mischief. Yes. Um, that's yeah. The cats are the gods. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have two of them, uh, but they are in a super important mission to give give cover, uh, give uh, uh, what is it? Give taking care of the the, the mother-in-law. So yeah. anyway, so <laughs> Loki is pretty relaxed. Oh yeah, first <laughs> and and I, it's insane. Like he falls asleep on my lap as I work. Like we talk and he just asleep. Like ah, <laughs> yeah, happy. So something <laughs> voice okay, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But thanks everybody for joining and listening and watching. And we'll be back with the BMP Weekly within a week. Now, quick word word of a warning. Uh, hashtag BMP Weekly on the Twitter. Uh, we'll probably have a few days off uh, between the holiday season uh, in December to January at some point. We'll, we'll see. We'll communicate about that in the coming weeks. Yes. For absolutely. now, enjoy we'll be back the in week. week. Enjoy the conference if you are at ESPC. And we'll see you in a week. Sounds good. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.